Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to begin my new season of Next Question, which starts next Thursday, February 25th. For our first episode this season, we're kicking things off with the one and only actor-director Robin Wright, who's talking about her new film and directorial debut, Land. And we're also going to be talking with Robin about how things are changing for women in Hollywood. In the meantime, I had a really interesting conversation with Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, who I think is a rock star, and I wanted to share it with you as soon as possible. You know, at a time where there's so much talk about uniting our bitterly divided country, I think Governor Hogan could be used as a model for unity as an incredibly popular Republican leader of a very blue state near my home state of Virginia. Of course, we're talking about Maryland. I spoke with him about this unprecedented moment in our nation's history, what it means to be a common sense conservative, and why he thinks we're just at the beginning of a long and difficult battle for the soul of the Republican Party. Oh, and I also asked him if he'd ever run for president. Governor Hogan, what in the world is going on with the Republican Party? Well, that's a really good question, Katie. Um, Some of us are really trying hard to figure that out. I, I, I never imagined it could get quite as bad as it's gotten at this point. I think we're really in the midst of uh, in the, just the beginning of what is going to be a long, you know, and difficult battle for the soul of the Republican Party. I mean, we're we're heading off in a direction where, um, you know, we, we're not going to be able to successfully win uh, national elections anymore, where it's going to be difficult for the Republicans to ever get the House or the Senate back or to win the White House back unless we can return to some sanity. Um, and there are a number of us who are uh, trying to return to a more traditional, you know, common sense conservative party, a more Reagan-esque, uh, bigger tent party that can appeal to with a positive message that we can, you know, try to work with Democrats on. But there's an awful lot of others who are gonna, can, wanting to take us down this path that has no chance of success. 
In fact, I was going to ask you, Governor, are you in the minority? Is the Republican Party now squarely the party of Donald Trump? Well, I think it has been, and I think perhaps it still is, but I think his influence uh, is, is slowly beginning to diminish. I think after the loss of the election, after the, uh, the crazy conspiracy theories about the election being stolen, and then particularly after the insurrection at the Capitol, while he still has uh, an awful lot of uh, you know, supporters in the Republican Party, it's dropped considerably. And there are you know, at least 30 or 40 percent of the Republican Party who do not want to see Donald Trump uh, in, involved in the party in a substantial way. So it's, it's still a majority, but a, a shrinking majority. And it's a majority of a much smaller party. Uh, you know, it's uh, we've been shrinking the base and uh, we've got to grow the base instead. Let's talk about his scathing statement about Mitch McConnell. What was your reaction to that? Well, on the one hand, it wasn't surprising, Katie, because we've seen, you know, these kind of attacks uh, on fellow Republicans and on other people and kind of this angry rhetoric uh, for years. But, um, you know, I, Mitch McConnell, who didn't vote for impeachment, I think, uh, I think, you know, really spoke uh, how he felt. And uh, obviously he's concerned about winning the Senate back. And, um, you know, I'm sure there were politics involved, but I think he meant the words that he said. and. Um, and I, and I admired him for being willing to speak up, but for the president to attack him in the personal way that he did, it's, you know, it's kind of what we've come to expect. It seems that it, as if, Governor, people speak out against Donald Trump at their own risk. Um, you know, there's a lot of fear about Republicans, Liz Cheney among them, getting out primary. And I'm curious if you have gotten any backlash because you've been pretty outspoken about the fact that you would have voted to convict if you had been in the U.S. Senate. Well, not being in the Senate and not being in the House and not 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 taking a vote may put me in a different uh, position. It also didn't come as any surprise for me to speak out because I've been speaking the exact same way uh, for the entire time since Donald Trump announced his, his presidential campaign. Uh, you know, four years ago. So I, I think some people uh, who haven't spoken out for four years are, are, are experiencing, you know, and finally did, are, are getting the, the, the brunt of, uh, of the criticism. You know, I also happen to be in a state where I ran 45 points ahead of Donald Trump. And so, uh, you know, he lost by 30 and I won by 15. Uh, so it, it, he doesn't have quite the same influence over me. And, and I'm also just not as concerned about you know, what people think about it. I'm just, uh, you know, I just, I've always been pretty blunt and say exactly what I think. Your father was a real profile in Courage back in 1974 when he was the only Republican to vote for all three articles of impeachment against Richard Nixon. But there are very few profiles in Courage today. Only seven Republican senators voted to convict Donald Trump in that impeachment hearing. Why do you think that's the case? Well, thank you for mentioning my dad. Uh, you know, I'm awful proud of him. I learned a lot about integrity and public service from him. He was the first Republican uh, in Congress to come out for Nixon's impeachment. He was on the House Judiciary Committee. He was the only Republican to vote for all three articles of impeachment. So talk about he was the one, the only one. Uh, and here we had seven senators and 10 members of the House. And, you know, I, I uh, you know, I admire them for voting their conscience and having the guts to stand up. 
I can tell you uh, without any question that there were far more senators and far more House members and plenty of my colleagues that are governors who felt exactly the same way, uh, but who haven't spoken up and, were, and, and didn't cast those votes because they were afraid of the retribution and the attacks and being primaried. And uh, the ones who did, did so at their own risk. I mean, you know, my dad back in the 70s, he suffered. He knew he was potentially ending his political career, but he did what he thought was right for the country. And I think some of those folks, I really admire the fact that they had the guts. There just weren't enough of them. Well, what about the fact that there weren't enough of them? Are these people just addicted to power over country, party over country, anything over country? I'm not sure I would characterize it quite like that, Katie. I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to put uh, myself in and judge how people were making these decisions um, and how they arrived at their conclusion. Some people really um, didn't, you know, I think, sincerely didn't believe, thought he was wrong, thought he incited the violence, but that they that you couldn't or shouldn't impeach a former president and that the election was over. Some people, I think, thought that we needed to put Donald Trump behind us and not continue the the, the, the talk. And some people, I think, maybe thought he was guilty and didn't have the guts to vote that way. Um, so it's a little bit of all that. But I don't, I wouldn't say they, you know, I, I don't want to characterize what they did because I, I can't put myself inside of their own minds and their hearts and figure out what they, how they decided their vote. When we come back, we're going to have more of my conversation with the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. When it comes to this fight, Governor Hogan, over the heart and soul of the Republican Party, how do you reconcile the fact that 81% of Republicans say they have a positive view of President Trump and 53%, over half, would vote for him again in 2024? 
Well, it's a little surprising, um, but you know he uh, he he really has uh, had quite a following over the past four years, and uh, you know I think that's going to continue to diminish as time goes on. And and uh, you know I think we're just getting by the election. It's surprising to me that so many people believe this this talk about the election being stolen, which doesn't have any basis in fact. I mean, you know, some of my Republican governor colleagues who were very strong supporters of the president, you know, they certified the elections and. You know, they wouldn't overturn the election. And, and they're telling us there just wasn't any truth to these rumors. But it's amazing how many people uh, believe them. And it's all about, you know, social media and, and disinformation. And we've got to figure out how many how so many people were misled. Well, at this juncture, it does seem that more centrist, moderate Republicans such as yourself are in the minority still. So how do you change that statistic, how do you bring more people to your side, if you will, of what you believe the GOP should be? Well, it's not going to be easy, Katie, and I don't have a I don't have a magic wand to make everything magically go back to normal again. But in my opinion, this was kind of a hostile takeover of the Republican Party four years ago. Donald Trump is a lifelong Democrat and independent who just became a Republican, mostly supported Democrats his whole life. While I, while I was chairing youth for Reagan, uh, Trump was working for the Democrats in 80 and 84. So uh, how, how this came about is, you know, we can go back and figure it out, but I don't know uh, whether we are going to be successful or not, quite frankly, it, it, it's something we're going to decide over the next two years or four years, but as a lifelong, you know, Republican who believes in my party and wants to return to a more traditional Republican party, I'm, I think it's worth fighting for. Some people have given up. I understand that. Um, and some people say it's a, it's kind of hopeless, but um, I'm, I'm not going to give up. And I happen to believe we, we do have a chance. And uh, I think if, if we want to win purple states, if we want to win competitive districts in suburban congressional districts, if we want to elect Republican governors in places like Maryland, one of the bluest states in the country, and in New England with Charlie Baker in Massachusetts and, and Phil Scott in Vermont and Chris Sununu in New Hampshire, Democratic states, you know, we, we, we can't keep alienating large swaths of the electorate and we can't just keep trying to focus on a smaller and smaller base. You know, in, in Maryland, I've, I've you know, won overwhelmingly with, with suburban women, with Democrats and independents and conservatives and Republicans. And you've got to find a message that can appeal to more people because successful politics is about, you know, uh, addition and multiplication, not subtraction and division. You can't win elections if you can't convince people that your ideas are the right ones. There's some talk, Governor, about potentially starting a new party, a third party. I've heard it called the Patriot Party and other things. Um, what do you think about that idea? Is that sort of a pie in the sky notion? Well, you know, you hear it from both ends. There's definitely a divide in the Republican Party. You know, uh, and, but you've heard they were talking about a MAGA party that President Trump was said he wouldn't rule out, you know, starting a, right. a party of his own. Uh, you know, the, the more uh, traditional Republicans uh, are, I think, trying to get their own party back. <laughs> um, and so I think we're going to figure that out. It's very difficult to have a third party or to have any. I think there's a, a, an overwhelming majority of Americans. Uh, the, one, one survey showed about 73% of the people in America are somewhere in the middle. They, they, they really aren't happy with the Democratic Party moving too far to the left. They're not really happy with where the Republican Party is. They're either moderate or right of center, left of center. They're not on the extremes of either party. And I think 
it is where most voters are, but it's very difficult uh, of a process to figure out how you uh, nominate people that can appeal to those people. <laughs> Lindsey Graham has said that he is quite worried about the midterm elections in 2022, given the rift that we've seen exposed between Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. They're now at each other's throat. I'm more worried about 2022 than I've ever been. I don't want to eat our own. President Trump is the most consequential Republican in the party. We don't have a snowball's chance in hell of taking back the majority without Donald Trump. How concerned are you about that? Well, he ought to be concerned. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Leader McConnell is concerned as well. Look, if, if, if they start primarying senators or congressmen who don't agree uh, with the president or don't support the president and elect, you know, kind of uh, more you know, QAnon supporters, and really people that are out there on the fringe, they may be able to defeat them in a primary, but they're going to lose all those elections in November. And uh, you know, I'm of the opinion, we have to nominate candidates that can appeal to more people and win in November. It doesn't matter who you knock off in a primary. Apparently the Trumpiest Republicans are at the state and local level, much more so than in the nation's capital. So how do you handle that trend? And what can you do about that? Well, so, uh, you know, it's uh, the way these it, it's the same thing in, the, in both parties, really. The most uh, activist folks are usually on the central committees at the, that run the local parties. They're not necessarily the actual leaders of the party in those states. And they're usually not elected officials. But, you know, they're, they're certainly the Trump uh, team took over most of the state party apparatus. Um, you're seeing some of those. Uh, party uh, uh, officials attacking, uh, you know, the United States senators and congressmen who had the, the audacity to stand up and, and tell the truth. And, and, and or people like Cindy, people like Cindy McCain. Yeah. I'm going after Cindy McCain uh, and Governor Doug Ducey. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy. So, you know, governors that were strong Trump supporters, like Doug Ducey in Arizona or Governor Kemp in Georgia are being attacked by the Republicans. And, and you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I, it's I wouldn't put a lot of stake in that. It doesn't really matter. You know, like, for example, in 2014, you know, I'm the second Republican in 50 years to get elected, only the second one in 243 years to get reelected. My state party, um, you know, apparatus did a state convention where I came in fourth place, but I'm, I'm the highest vote getter ever in the state. So I'm not sure they have as much influence as you think. And uh, they can criticize or censure all they want, but uh, leaders are going to step up and lead. It sounds as if you think that Republicans could potentially cannibalize themselves by putting forth candidates that are extreme right or very much, you know, Trump followers but cannot then have success on election day. I think that's the biggest, uh, the, big, the biggest concern because look, um, political parties exist because you want to win elections so you get a chance to govern so you can you know, get, push your ideas and your agenda. If we nominate people that are unelectable in November, we don't get to run anything. We don't get to, we don't, we're not going to have a Republican president. We're not going to have any Republicans controlling legislative bodies. We're going to lose our big majority among governors. We're going to lose legislative bodies. You know, uh, we, we have to elect uh, in the primary, nominate the people that are most electable, or we're going to lose a whole lot more seats. 
the more pro-Trump the GOP becomes, the more it could help the Democratic Party. Well, that's exactly my point, Katie, and that's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, I know, uh, you know, it's like, well, you're not a true believer, so we have to get rid of you. Well, I, I am. I do happen to be the most popular governor in America, <laughs> the only one to win in Maryland 243 years. So maybe you shouldn't get rid of me because you're not going to get, uh, you know, one of these guys. QAnon is not going to get elected governor in my state. I'll be continuing my chat with Maryland Governor Larry Hogan right after this. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. There was some speculation that you might challenge Donald Trump in 2020. That didn't happen. But are you considering a possible run in 2024? Well, I never really seriously considered it in 2020. There were a lot of people kind of encouraging that, but I never you know, formed an exploratory or t- took it too seriously. I just didn't think it was possible. In 2024, I get that question a lot, and I'm not trying to duck your question, but we really are. I have a really important day job in the middle of a state of emergency, trying to save lives, trying to vaccinate millions of people, working on our economic recovery. And I'm really going to try to stay focused on doing that important day job for at least the next two years of my term. And there's plenty of time between now and, you know, 2024 to worry about. But I am going to do what I can to you know, save my party that I've been a part of my whole life. And I'm going to speak out and continue to try to be a voice. In the abstract, is it something that appeals to you, Governor? Well, it's certainly something, uh, not something I would rule out, especially if I felt the, the call to duty. If I, if I felt as if, I, you know, I, I was uh, somebody who could uh, run a credible challenge and could potentially uh, get, take the party back on track. I mean, I'm more concerned about a future for the Republican Party than, than my future in the party. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's something we're going to certainly take a look at. Governor Hogan, I, 
I know you were very concerned on January 6th. Tell me your reaction to the insurrection on Capitol Hill and the actions you took as a result. Well, I was shocked and outraged. Uh, I, I was in my office on a, on a uh, video conference with uh, the ambassador from Japan to the United States. And my, uh, my chief of staff came in. It was much like George Bush when he was reading to the kids uh, in 9-11 when, when, when somebody whispered in his ear, my chief of staff says the Capitol is under attack. Uh, and, uh, you know, I quickly excused myself from the, 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 call, the conference with the ambassador. Uh, I immediately called my security team in. My chief of staff have talked with the mayor of D.C., who was uh, desperately uh, asking for our assistance. I called my security team together in, within five minutes' time, some in person, some on a conference, uh, video conference. It was our, the, the, the uh, uh, adjutant general of our Maryland National Guard, the, the superintendent of the Maryland State Police, our Homeland Security, by all, all of our security team together, about 10 people, and immediately said, what can we do? How fast can we move? Um, we called up our entire Maryland State Police um, uh, instant response team. They're all riot trained immediately sent them heading towards Washington. Uh, and we, uh, we had this discussion about the National Guard. The mayor of DC was requesting help from our National Guard. It's a unique situation because- They don't uh, have a National Guard. But in DC, they don't have the authority. Uh, right. it, every state governor, if Pennsylvania says, hey, we need help, we just send them over in Virginia. Uh, but in DC, we have to get the sign off from the Secretary of Defense. So. We kept running it up the flagpole, you know, and we kept being denied by the Department of Defense. Meanwhile, while these meetings are going on, I get a call from Steny Hoyer, the majority leader, who says to me, you know, in a somewhat of panicked uh, voice, says he's in, he's been whisked away to a bunker or some undisclosed location with Speaker Pelosi and with Chuck Schumer. And he's saying, Governor, this, you know, the Capitol Police have been overwhelmed and they've taken over the Capitol. Can you send us help? You know, just, you know, begging for help. And I said, you know, Steny, uh, we have several hundred members of the uh, you know, Maryland State Police on the way. They, they, they should be there shortly. Um, and he said, we need the can you send the National Guard? And I said, I've called up my National Guard. We called up a thousand members of the National Guard, but we don't have authorization. And Steny was yelling across the room to, he's saying, hey, Chuck, you know, Hogan says they don't have authorization. And he says, you know, Hoyer says, no, the, Chuck says you do. And I'm saying, Steny, I'm telling you, I don't. We've been told three times by the Department of Defense, we don't have authorization. So this back and forth, back and forth. About two hours later, I'm still in a meeting with my team talking about where are the guards stationed outside of D.C., how many police are in there. I get a call on my cell phone from Ryan McCarthy, the acting secretary of the Army, is a number on my personal phone I don't even recognize, and I, but I answered anyway, you know, a Virginia number. And he says, uh, can you send the National Guard into D.C.? And I was like, uh, yeah, we've been waiting <laughs> for two hours. So uh, we, we, Maryland National Guard were the first, first ones from outside of D.C. To, to arrive. The Maryland State Police were next to arrive after the Metropolitan Police. Uh, and we, we did everything we could to support them. We sent a thousand members of the National Guard. We sent, I think, 280 members of the Maryland State Police and some of our allied county police forces, uh, Prince George's and Montgomery County. But the hoops you had to jump through, Governor, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Do you believe that a 9-11 style commission will be able to get to the bottom of it? And this is the right thing to do to investigate 
what happened and why? You know, I do think we need full transparency, and I think we need to get to the bottom of exactly what happened and why. You know, frankly, I'm so busy focused on the COVID crisis. I don't, know, I don't know all the details of what the proposal has been on the on the establishment of the commission. That I heard the speaker talk about. My concern is that um, you know we really need a fair and objective process. Um, and if it's just another, if it's a partisan process just run by the House Democrats. Um, it, it's not likely to have, uh, you know, it, it's, we're going to be mired in the same divisiveness and dysfunction with Republicans and Democrats retreating to their corners. I, I think time is going to tell exactly how Donald Trump and his administration comes out of this. I think he's still got things to address and potentially in court cases and certainly the court of public opinion. But I, I'm not sure uh, that another congressional effort is, is really what we need right now as we have to really focus on this COVID crisis that is killing people across the country. We're fighting variants. We need vaccines and we need the economic recovery package. We need a compromise bill. That's really, I'm more concerned about that right now than arguing more about what happened last month. You, in fact, this week signed Maryland's $1 billion bipartisan relief bill, which you said will help Marylanders barely hanging on right now. Um, can you just give us an update on what the situation is like in your state and the continued frustration that you're feeling about vaccine distribution? And if you're feeling more hopeful with President Biden's plan to get people vaccinated? Well, yeah, sure. Well, I'm very proud of the fact that just on Monday, I, I signed into law this Relief Act of 2021, which was our signature piece of legislation. I said it was the most important thing for our legislative session uh, to focus on. My legislature, 70% uh, Democratic in both the House and the Senate. Um, and uh, I, I called on them to work with us in a bipartisan way. It's more than a billion dollars in, in tax relief and economic stimulus for struggling Maryland families and small businesses and people who've lost their jobs. And it passed nearly unanimously. One Republican in the House voted against it. Every Democrat and every Republican in the Senate voted for it. So it's what I've been saying. I had a meeting in the Oval Office with Joe Biden for an hour and a half on Friday. And I said to him, I really think it would be better if you could find a compromise that the Republicans could get on board with. And th this was, you know, earlier in the day, I went back to Annapolis and passed the bill <laughs> nearly unanimously with my Democratic legislature. I was trying to put my money where my mouth is. Um, but on the vaccines, it's very hopeful that we now have vaccines. The fact that they're actually out a year or 18 months before anyone imagined they could be. Operation Warp Speed was a success, uh, but we just don't have enough vaccines. And all the governors, we have calls every week with the coronavirus uh, team from, from the Biden administration. Uh, Jeff Science is heading that up. We have on there all of the cabinet officials and uh, you know the head of the CDC and everybody. And we have the, the lines of communication are good. We have set up huge infrastructures. We're now doing about uh, sticking the 30,000 needles a day in people's arms, vaccinating them, but we only received 12,000 a day from the federal government. We could do 100,000 a day if we had the vaccine supply. And it, it really, it's a, it's a race between, from, between vaccines and variants, very scary stuff out there, and we just have to have more. So we had calls today with some of the manufacturers. Um, we, we, we've been talking everywhere about how do we increase this capacity. It's nobody's fault. It's not... Uh, to criticize anyone. Everybody's trying their best. It's all hands on deck. It's the federal, state, and local governments and the private sector working together. 
but it's way too slow. We, we just need more vaccines. Every state does. When you expressed your frustrations to President Biden, did you get anything that encouraged you or made you more optimistic about this? Well, first of all, I was I was optimistic in that he reached out, you know, uh, that the president and vice president spent an hour and a half with four governors in the Oval Office, two Republicans and two Democrats, and actually listened and said, you know, very sincerely that they do want to work in a bipartisan way and that we, we are all in this together. And, um, and and he did listen to some of our concerns about the vaccine rollout. Uh, it wasn't criticism on our part, but we were basically saying, look, we need more uh, understanding of when and how many and where, because we're making the decisions about, we have 20, 2,300 distri- distribution points in Maryland, and yet we don't know kind of when we're getting a supply or how many or where they're sending them to pharmacies. So a little more coordination, and, and they've promised to try to improve some of those things with us. Governor Hogan, thank you so much. You're always so fun to talk to and and so like direct and you actually answer the questions. It's a real pleasure. (laughs) Thank you very much, Katie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Courtney Litz, and Tyler Klang. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Our show producer is Beth Ann Macaluso. The associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. Editing by Derek Clements, Dylan Fagan, and Lowell Berlanti. Mixing by Dylan Fagan. Our researcher is Gabriel Luzer. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.